Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Jim Hansen. He is the president of the Security Studies Group. He served in the U.S. Army Special Forces and conducted counterterrorism, counterinsurgency, as well as diplomatic intelligence and humanitarian operations in more than a dozen countries. He is the author of Cut Down the Black Flag, A Plan to Defeat the Islamic State, and his latest book is Winning the Second Civil War Without Firing a Shot. Jim, we're glad to have you today, and can you talk about this security studies group, how can people follow it, and where can people find that book? The book's available at Barnes & Noble and uh, Amazon, both winning the Second Civil War without firing a shot, which is the goal. You know, the, uh, we're in a dangerous time, and violence is a possibility, so let's avoid it. And then securitystudies.org and americamatters.com is another great website uh, that my wife runs, and uh, I work with them as well. So I strongly suggest go out and get Jim's book, whether it's on Barnes and Noble, whether it's Amazon or Jim's wife's website, americamatters.com. We need to understand what's going on in this woke culture. I mean, the indoctrination of all of our men and women in the, in the services, and I've heard it from more than one person, what's going on with our children in education, with critical race theory, with gender ideology. It's amazing. Right? Even the recruitment of the CIA is is crazy. So we need to understand what's happening. You look at the commercials that have been put in place, and they just I just saw one last week, uh, and Senator Ted Cruz was 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 livid about what he was seeing. Was uh, you know a cartoon of a girl who says she's raised by two moms. Uh, trying to join, you know, how happy she was to join the military. Then they show what the Russians are showing for theirs, you know, this real masculine, this, you know, defending their country. I mean, it was like night and day when you look at the recruiting process of our military currently versus our, you know, our enemies out there. Yeah, and I think that's, that's we have to be cognizant of that. Now, I think I've, the counter argument people make, which I think has some value, is that the military needs a lot of different kind of people. You know, it's not all knuckle dragging, barrel chested freedom fighters, you know, stabbing people in the eye with knives. OK, we need intelligence analysts. We need computer people. We need clerks. And I understand recruiting to them. But then you add to that. The idea that they're not focusing on whether this girl was going to be a good, productive member of the military. They were just focusing on her background. You yep. know, who cares who her parents are? Who cares about any of that? That's not relevant to her service in the military. And then you can add to that that the, the Secretary of Defense put out a directive saying that the military, as part of its mission, will be ambassadors for LGBTQ, et cetera, rights around the world everywhere they deploy. And that is so fundamentally not part of the military's mission that you just can't look at that and say, this is, you know, this is justifiable. It's just a misuse of the military to do, you know, the liberal woke agenda. Well, I mean, really what's happening is the military is being attacked and infiltrated by the culture and it's, and it's starting at the highest levels, right? Our president of the United States, the current administration is more than happy to, you know, downsize it, degrade it, 
feminize it. And then all of a sudden, you know, when it hits the fan, they're all going to be crying to their mamas because there's not going to be that strong military to defend them. And they take away the deterrent value. Once you start to, you know, make the military shiny, happy, you know, sweetness and light, milk of human kindness, that's not what it's supposed to be. And enemies watch that. You know, you'll notice that already the Middle East is on fire. You know, yep. why did that happen 100 days into the Biden administration when during the entire Trump administration, almost nobody wanted to, you know, the Iranians who are crazy, poked their heads up a few times, but mostly they didn't go overboard. But as soon as they saw weakness, the Palestinians went ahead and started attacking and they knew they were going to pay no price. And the Chinese are watching, the Russians are watching, the Iranians are watching. And what they see in a Biden administration with their you know, woke allies is someone they're not scared of. And that's not good for anybody. Well, and I just read uh, just the other day, maybe it was even this morning that former Secretary of State Pompeo was talking about how the current administration now is, you know, funneling money to Iran under the guise of sanction relief. And to think that that's not going to come back and bite us when you're that just adding more gasoline to the fire in the Middle East. You know, when when Obama and Biden made the first Iran deal and literally filled a plane with pallets of cash and flew it there in the middle of the night, that money went to fund terrorism directly. There was just no no middleman, no nothing. Well, a lot of it went directly into the bank accounts of the Iranian leadership. (laughs) But the rest of it was used to fund things that that killed people. And we're in the same boat again. They're doing, they did not learn their lesson and they're going to try and do it again. You know, I don't doubt that there's a plane on Andrews Air Force Base tarmac right now being fueled up and filled with cash to send to them. And it's, it's a fundamental misunderstanding of how deterrence works. And the, the idea that you can make friends with bad people in a way that will change their nature. Um, no, you can't. Sometimes you have to stand up to evil and they're incapable of doing that. Well, and what the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. And that's exactly what we're seeing. And you're right. You know, you touched on it. Look, the Chinese, the Iranians, look, they are they are evil empires, right? They, they take God out of the equation. They have no moral ground to stand on. And we continue to give away our moral ground and just, you know, start, you know, acquiescing to the culture. And these, these enemies of ours who would like nothing more than to see us disappear are just going to become more emboldened. And I think to your point, right, if there's no deterrent, then when you shrink, you're just going to create more gaps and more opportunities and more, uh, again, more of an emboldened enemy to come after you, right? Without a doubt. You know, it's, and it, it's shown that way. Every time America is strong, our enemies don't mess with us. And whenever, you know, we have a weak administration leading us, it empowers and emboldens the tyrants of the world and they take advantage of it. And we've already seen the, uh, the opening salvos barely a couple months into the Biden administration. Um, it's not likely to get better. So that's a, another reason to people to focus on what they need to do to ensure that we don't go down that path of, of weakness and you know, socialism that the, the woke left wants us to follow.
what's what can stand in the way of what they're trying to do right now, where they're trying to infiltrate our military, you know, weaken our military, embolden our enemies. You know, do the Republicans have uh, an opportunity to stop this from happening? Is it is it a foregone conclusion? What do you see as uh, somebody who can stand up in the breach and stop this? Well, and that's honestly, that's why I wrote the book. It's, it's winning the second civil war without firing a shot, because I think we still can turn the tide on this, but it's going to take a lot of us changing our focus. You know, I'm no longer going to be working full time in national security and foreign policy. I'm going to be working on domestic issues because when I swore the oath, it's to defend against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And right now, I think we have more domestic enemies that are dangerous to our republic than we do foreign ones. I think that's where the danger lies. And I think everyone needs to consider what can you do to stop our culture and our founding principles and you know, the things that made this country great from being eroded and pick something, you know, it, it, everyone has different skills. Everyone has different abilities, but you have to do things like go to a school board meeting now and say, you can't teach critical race theory. That's a racist theory. Ironically, you know, you have to go to city council meetings and say, we can't do those things. You have to back candidates for office who support the military, who believe that we need a strong defense to deter our enemies. And I think if enough of us who have been unengaged in that, because we had more important things, you know, we were living our lives, we were working, we were raising families, we were doing the things that America allows, but the left was busy undermining that because they don't like the freedom of people choosing for themselves what to do. They want the state to tell everybody what to think and do. And if we want to stop that, it takes all of us going ahead and for the next couple of generations, getting a lot more involved in the internal running of this country than we have before. Well, when you're living in a world of moral relativism where everybody makes up their own truth, right? We have politicians, you know, we just had Biden. I don't know if he did or he's about to have the George Floyd family come to the White House and sell. Look, the guy was, what happened to him was terrible, but the guy was a criminal. Why are we holding up criminals as our, as the new MLK? They want to get rid of the police, right? Black Lives Matter, Antifa, to your point, you know, basically are running amok and there's no consequences. So I think your point is right. Right. It, I almost it almost seems to me it's like a candle with a fire burning at both ends and you got to pick one end to defend. And right now we have to save the republic. And so it, and it's the nice thing is they have gone so far overboard. You know, they've basically Trump made them so angry that the woke left ripped their masks off. And have said, yes, we hate this country. Yes, we believe it's a racist, misogynist, homophobic, horrible place. And we want to burn it down and build a new one. And that's woken a lot of people up. You know, the woke agenda has woken the rest of us normals up. And we said, no, it's not. You know, that's garbage. And what you're doing is wrong. And there aren't 57 genders. And there, there are so many things they say that are absurd that once normal people see that, they can literally the light comes on in their head and they can say, okay, now I get it. And now I understand that, that we can't let them run our country. Those people will destroy it. And so we're the nice thing, you know, the advantage we have, our ideas are better. We just have to focus on this now. And, and everybody in your audience is 
obviously as people of faith, they're closer to in this game than a lot, but may have to get involved in, in some more things to go ahead and ensure that they don't use the government to chip away at religious freedom among um, the other, many other things they want to get rid of. Well, yeah, I mean, they basically, you know, get rid of marriage, uh, you know, the life issue, religious liberty, you got transgender ideology. You have, you know, the the attacks are coming from all over because people are more emboldened because people will are really facing a threat. I mean, we just had uh, I think it was Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer, right, who was removed as Space Force commander. Because he spoke out against critical race theory and Marxism in the military, right? He stood up for what is right and and had to pay the price for that. And that's what people are going to have to do, isn't it? And yeah, and it hurts, you know, and and first of all, we would all prefer to just be living our lives and, and doing things. But, you know, unfortunately, they started this war. They started this attack and we can't ignore it or they will win. They're they're winning right now. Anybody who thinks that we're ahead in this game is not paying attention. The left and the woke agenda is winning. They own our education. They own our culture. They own the permanent bureaucracy of the government. All of those things need our attention now. And the advantage of good ideas is one thing. The advantage of good people is where we'll really take them down. We're not going to lose to those people, but we have to get in the game. And so there's a lot of uh, arguments in the book that, that you can use to debunk, you know, their craziness. I go through a lot of the, um, you know, the things they're claiming is true and show the facts and, you know, kind of give people ammunition for when they have conversations, you know, about a lot of this stuff. But more than anything else, it just takes a personal commitment to say, I don't want this to happen. I'm going to find some way to make myself heard, to make myself felt in this battle. And that right there, we will, uh, we will turn the tide. Well, you know, it's almost the, uh, you know, you think of the movie Braveheart when they're, they, their first big battle and people are starting to walk away and Mel Gibson does this talk about freedom and says, look, where are you, what are you going to do when you're dying in your bed one day and you will have regretted every day that you didn't stand up to this kind of tyranny Regardless of what the outcome is, you know, we know we win, but regardless of the, you know, the outcome immediately, uh, you got to stand up to what's going on out there. And, you know, whether it's Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer, whether it's what you're doing, whether it's whoever, there are a lot of people in there who have been drinking the Kool-Aid because of the indoctrination. And we really need to stand up and not let you know, bullies win because we all know bullies back down when you pop them in the nose. And bullies back down when more than one person stands up, you know, so yep. that's, that's one of the things. Every time one of us stands up and says, no, you will not call me a racist and have me apologize, you know, because I'm not a racist. You know, I, I don't harbor beliefs that any race is better or less than another. So you take your argument elsewhere. What we're talking about now is crime and education and other things. And if you don't like the facts about that, then work on the facts, work on the root causes. But don't just throw the word racist at me and expect me to back down because it used to be such a smear, you know, that as soon as it was deployed, people were crushed to have been called a racist. Well, they've devalued it now. And every time one of us stands up and refuses to submit you know, to the, the woke agenda, 
then more people get emboldened from our side. And then we can, you know, we can form a shield wall, you know, we can link arms and we can push back against this. And you can take down one person a lot more easily than you can take down a half dozen, a dozen or a hundred. And every time our people stand up in the, in the school boards, in the, you know, at a neighborhood barbecue, someone else is listening. So get good information, you know, don't, don't come armed with bad info, learn the issues, learn uh, effectively how to counter arguments and make them stand up, be heard. And guess what? More people will join you. And the bullies, like you said, um, if, if we have to punch them in the nose, we'll punch them in the nose. But mostly they back down when the, the herd stands up against them and our pack can be stronger than theirs. Well, we all know the media for the most part's in the bag. Um, you know, social media, big big tech. I mean, in the end, they need to be able to really critically think. They need to be able to hear what's going on and cipher out all the all the garbage that's out there. I think, you know, I think if people go to your website, they can they can see what's going on and what you guys are doing. Um, but they really need to get and be able to decipher information. I was talking to somebody very close to me who is in the military currently, and they just got out of a class that talked that only thing it focused on was what this was in the army, white supremacy, you know, how bad white people are, how dangerous white people are. Didn't talk about any other ethnic group. And this is just one example of many classes that are going on. And where people need to know what is going on, what are our tax dollars paying for, and to be able to stand up. And as you said, you know, a little bit earlier, elections have consequences. You know, you vote for a knucklehead, you're going to get a knucklehead. <laughs> yeah, and if you vote, and but the nice thing now again is because people have seen the the true left, the truth of what they're trying to do, more of our fighting class is standing up and being willing to run. And being willing to take the, you know, the bricks and arrows that are going to be shot at them. You know, another place they just did the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI released their report on domestic extremism. And it absolutely mentioned white supremacism as a major domestic terrorism problem. The phrase Black Lives Matter and the word Antifa were nowhere in that entire report. Yet we had a year-long insurrection, all last year, still continuing in a lot of places, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was much more violent than the you know, three-hour riot at the Capitol. But they don't want, you know, they want to create one and make it the greatest threat to our democracy ever, as Joe Biden said, and ignore the fact that Black Lives Matter learned that violence will change people's minds and they get what they want. Well, that's the definition of domestic terrorism, but they don't want to talk about that. And we have to make them and we have to stand up and say, we will look at all threats to this country, but you're going to have one set of rules. I'm pretty sure there's a dusty old parchment somewhere here in Washington that mentions that all people must be treated equally under the law. That includes conservatives the left doesn't like. <laughs> Except, well, they're probably doing asterisks now, except if you're white, right. then, then, or Christian, a white Christian, boy, you you know, you ought to be just shot right away because then you can't, you don't have any value whatsoever. <laughs> uh, so exactly. the other thing, you know, I just want you to comment on this because I almost thought this was like the Babylon B when I read it, but the U S the U S department of defense declares war on climate change. Hey, good luck with that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't, I'm not sure how they think they're going to change that. I don't. I guess you could blow up all the cars and kill all the cows is their their concept, and that's kind of what they want. It's it's funny, you know. I I've read that they've been since Obama. They've been including uh, a part in the you know the evaluation they do of threats around the world that says climate change is a threat because it creates instability and you know creates water shortages and therefore there's more wars. But there's there's no proof of that. You know, they've got no ability. And then what are they going to do about it? You know, how is the U.S. military actually a force to use in the climate change? But again, the same way they can use the military for social engineering, if we allow those kind of people to run our major institutions, they will abuse them for idiotic things like that. And, you know, and again, the nice thing, we can mock them for it. And we have to, you know, and so we will let the Babylon be in other places and all the rest of us point out, hey, do you want those people running your military? Do you want people who are serious about our defense? And I think we can put forward serious candidates and, and beat them at this game. And so that I did want to ask you about that. You know, the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, uh, Joint Chief of Staff, uh, Mark Miley, uh, Army General Mark Miley. What are your thoughts on that? Are they the most qualified people to be doing what they're doing? Rule number one in almost all organizations, but especially the U.S. military, once you get above flag rank, so generals and admirals, you're a politician. You're no longer a combat leader. So you don't get there unless you know which way the wind is blowing and follow the correct policies and things like that. So if the standard is, are you the person who will do what the civilian leadership and the, and the politicians will actually tell the military what to do, then, yeah, they are the most qualified. Are they the most qualified to help recruit, train, and deploy a you know, viable deterrent force for the United States of America and its strategic interests? Absolutely not. They demonstrably are not. And you know, all the things we talked about earlier show that they don't understand what the military's mission is and they're actually hurting it. And the thing we can do, though, is that those positions are determined in large part by the political leaders above the military. And so if we hire the right people into our government, we can tear critical race theory. We can tear the gender studies and the climate nonsense out of the military and leave it to do its core mission. So that's that's kind of you know part of being in the game. If you want that to happen, you have to get the right people in charge, and that means all of us have to be focused on that. Because I've I've spoken to people in the military, and before this white supremacy class that the that officers actually had to take, uh, you know, I think the Secretary of State spoke before that, and the the thought uh, from people that I've talked to is, you know, look. You know, talk about this is like reverse racism. The only reason Lloyd Austin is secretary of defense is because they wanted an African-American in that position. And the people in the military feel he's not qualified to be secretary of defense. And so they almost scoff whenever he talks. He's uh, he's got a lot of problems, you know, and he's not doing himself any favors by being the lead dog in the in the fight to implement all these woke policies and ignoring you know, the the fact that the deterrent force and the mission readiness is dropping on a daily basis. So I think, you know, I think it may be helpful 
again, in my feeling that things always have to get worse before people recognize how bad they are. I think we're close. You know, I think with the military, it's a tipping point. Now, will we have a major war because of the, the lack of deterrence? It's entirely possible. You know, if I was a bad guy and I wanted to just say the Chinese, if I wanted to take Taiwan, now it would be the time to do it. You know, Biden's busy taking a nap. It's not like he's paying attention. And <laughs> the rest of his people fundamentally are, are if not pacifists, they are against the idea of U.S. force in any way. So I, I think those things are, are definite problems. And when we allow those kind of people to run this country, you know, the, the woke left, you're going to get a weaker America that is subordinate to transnational organizations like the U.N. and the World Health Organization and everybody else. And that's not that's not why we are the exceptional nation. We are exceptional because we believe in personal liberty, but we're also the only country that can take care of the rest of the planet. Everybody else is second to us. And if we don't do that, no one will. Well, it's awful hard to lead from behind, isn't it, Jim? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's impossible. You know, that was, was that Obamaism. I'm pretty didn't he say that? At one point he <laughs> I, I, actually I, did. It seems to me what what's what's the old saying, you know, if you're not the lead dog, the view never changes. Right. <laughs> and they but that's just it. They want America. And that was when Obama mis fundamentally misunderstood American exceptionalism. He said America is exceptional in the same way that Greece thinks it's exceptional. Well, no, we were founded on individual liberty and, you know, the, the people and citizens not being subordinate to the state. But we became an exceptional nation in the world because that's the most successful system. You know, that's the system that empowers people to create security, prosperity and all the, the things you need to live a good life. And right now, I think the, the woke left no longer believes in that. And they want to, you know, implement the only system that has failed everywhere it's ever been tried, which they rebranded from socialism to wokeness. And there's no difference. It's still going. It's destined to fail. And we got to stop them from failing it here. Yeah. Yeah. Democratic socialism is still socialism, no matter how you how you dice it or slice it. Yeah. People just get in. Get in the game. We need everybody. Jim, really appreciate what you're doing and, and kind of shining the light in the dark crevices that people need to understand what's going on. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.